Spring training is right around the corner. So come for the games and have a ball in Arizona. With world-class resorts, unbeatable dining and nightlife, amazing scenery, and endless outdoor adventure. Make your visit unforgettable. Plan your getaway at myspringtraining.com. Drivers, start your engines! Hit the pace car! What for? Because you hit any other damn thing out there, I want you to be perfect! When I'm driving, I got a guy on the radio who talks to me. It's him. He talks to me. He didn't slam you, he didn't bump you, he didn't nudge you, he rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. Good evening, race fans. Welcome to the Hoobazoo Radio Network, and welcome to the Drafting the Circuits radio program. My name is Frank Santoroski. I'll be your host for the next hour as we go over the, this past week in the racing, um, hit all the headlines, and preview next week. With me in the studio tonight, as always, Mr. Gray Warren from Richard Childress Racing. I have IndyCar.com's Joy Barnes. Uh, our resident Formula One analyst Richard Uden is here with us, as well as Motorsports Tribune uh, on Seth Eggert, who covers NASCAR and the Junior Series. How is everybody tonight? Doing great. Doing good. Very good, thank you. All right, great to talk to you guys. Uh, again, a packed weekend of racing. All three major series uh, were in action. Uh, IndyCar finale, um, last race of the season. I always hate that our season ends so early. Um, but I guess it makes room for the NFL and the uh, NASCAR chase. But uh, anyway, wrapped up a really good season uh, in IndyCar. Uh, Scott Dixon takes his fifth championship. Uh, the only other guy with uh, more than four is A.J. Foyt. Foyt's got seven, so Scott's only two behind him now uh, with everybody else in the racing world behind Scott. So uh, uh, good on Dixon there. Um, in the process, Ryan hunter Ray wins the race. Um, Will Power was second. Um Simon Pagano and Marco Andretti rounded out, out the top five. Uh, Formula One was in Singapore. Uh, Lewis Hamilton took yet another improbable win. Um, you know, we, we thought maybe he would struggle in Singapore. He, Lewis hasn't struggled anywhere this year. Dominates that race uh, behind him. Max Verstappen, Sebastian Vettel. Um, and the Cup guys began their chase um, down there in Las Vegas. Uh, several of our... Uh, Chase participants ran into some trouble, but at the end of the day, it was Brad Keselowski winning three in a row, um, the last two of the regular season, and the first one of the chase. Uh, he's the first guy to punch his card to the next round. And Seth, when was the last time we had three cup drivers win three races in a row in the same season? This is the first time. Never. That's right. So, um, I mean, good stuff going on in Cup uh, this year as far as um, some of the stats that we're putting up. So, uh, anyway, there, there's other news we're going to talk about tonight. There's uh, exciting team announcements and, and driver movements uh, in in different series. But, uh, but first, 
let's talk about um, the IndyCar race in Sonoma. Uh, it would come down to a battle for the championship between uh, Alexander Rossi, who is the, one of the most dynamic new stars of the series, series and Scott Dixon, who is the uh, the grand champion of the series, the gold standard that everybody uh, strives to be. Um, Rossi uh, made his day a little harder from the get-go. Uh, first off by, uh, you know, qualifying sixth, you know, hold, holding up the rear in the fast six, but uh, a little miscue on the first lap dropped him back, so... Um, Joey, um, you were out there in Sonoma covering the race for IndyCar and covering the race for Motorsports Tribune and uh, and for us as well. So let's uh, let's talk about uh, that first lap and then Rossi's day from there on out. Yeah, I mean the the opening lap w- was pretty interesting because you know you get through there and you figure okay everything's going to end up okay. You go up through through one and two, but as we saw, uh, Power and, and Marco were ahead of Rossi there side by side, and it looked like just briefly marco let out of the throttle and not expecting that rossi just got right into the back of him uh right into the left left rear tire of him and it and it folded the right front so um you know he went around a little wounded uh managed to go off off the access roads and come back through and, and pit and um was really just on it from then on out and we saw what Rossi was made of the rest of the race because there was a portion there when he came back out where he was just right on Dixon's tail and he was just unrelenting. And to Dixon's credit, you're, you're trying to keep the guy behind you because at that at that point you keep your biggest championship rival, you know, at bay the rest of the race and you ensure yourself a title. So he kept him behind for I want to say it was like ten or twelve laps. And then, you know, with with Graham Rahal essentially um, pulling off to the side uh, right after. I think it was turn eight, turn nine, um, with a battery issue. Caution came out. Rossi was able to kind of get back on the lead lap and, and battle through the field that way, in which case we saw a hell of a show out of him. I mean, he came up from, I think it was 19th, got all the way up to fifth, um, and just ran out of time, ran out of tires, and, and couldn't necessarily – didn't have enough time to execute the rest of the, rest of the uh, championship push there. But, you know, for Dixon – his fifth title, like you alluded to, only A.J. Foyt has more with seven. I think that it's funny how we revere guys like Foyt and Andretti and guys like those now. And I'm, I'm curious to see how we're going to remember Dixon. But um, kind of looking at this moment for what it is, it looks like Dixon is finally, you know, after having four of these, you figure he already would. But it really, there was a different presence with him. Um, with with how he was on on pit road, the celebration, the way he just kind of embraced this championship, you could tell he really wanted, even though he was being very stoic beforehand, as Dixon always is. But I think that what this also shows us is, you know, how much it means to him, but also what we're in store for in the future. Because somebody like Rossi, sometimes I, I don't mean this this is going to come across bad, but sometimes you can look at drivers or look at athletes, and you can see, just see if they have the makeup of sustainability to be able to go out there year in and year out and just continue to, to push. And Rossi's one of those guys that just demands so much from himself that he's not going to go out there next year and lay an egg and finish 10th in the championship. I mean, I know the IndyCar Series is the most competitive in the world, but he's somebody that's going to end up being in the championship conversation at the year's end, probably from here until the end of his career, just because he's got that kind of makeup and that kind of resolve. But, um, you know, it... it I think what we're in store for now is to see if Dixon can go up there and match Foyt, but with guys like Rossi involved, with power always involved, I'm still waiting on that power Dixon head-to-head championship battle. Um, I think we've all longed for that because we we both 
we both we everybody sees them too as the the benchmark when it comes to just what they're able to do with a race car. But now you can add Rossi to that list, and we know Newgarden's definitely going to come to play since he's part of Penske. And not to mention some of the rising stars that came up this weekend. I mean, we saw Patricio Ward come up, the Indy Lights champion, make his debut. Gets in the Firestone Fast 6 with Harding Racing in a, in a second entry. They've never fielded two cars before. Maybe they should more often, as we'll get into. They will. But, uh, you know, and then goes out there and gets the top 10. So, you know, this, this championship's only going to continue to get better. But in terms of what we saw in the here and now, is a hell of a last way to end Sonoma's reign uh, for the season finale. Definitely, yeah. I mean, you can only imagine what the complexion of the race would have been if Rossi would have started in six and stayed in sixth and, and been in the top five and pressuring Dixon uh, for real for position and not to, to get a lap back. Um, uh, you know, I, and I think, I mean, we saw just how cool and calm Dixon was uh, under pressure uh, there, just keeping him a lap back, you know, and it's just, you know, the, the steely resolve of, of, of Scott Dixon, who just gets, he just gets better every year, and he makes it look so easy. You know, he did he did exactly what he needed to do today. He didn't have to, he knew that that second place was going to guarantee him the championship, so there was no need to push Ryan Hunter Ray for the win. He just needed to make sure he kept Rossi behind him, and he could have let Rossi go and just to, to avoid uh you know any entanglement or, or an accident there because he was a lap down but he didn't want to he didn't want to make it any easier on ross you know because as we saw that caution came out puts uh, him right back on the on the lead lap in short order so um but that that being said um uh you briefly touched on rossi going down the escape roads on the opening lap there now uh, there was no penalty for this i personally uh, when I watched this, I felt like he's, you know, it's a it's a wounded car um, where he's taken taking the shortcut through. Um, he's probably by staying off the racing line, not causing a caution, um, and of course, dropping the last pe- place was you know pretty much a penalty himself. But yet now uh, there are a lot of folks that are unhappy, felt like he deserved a penalty uh, because he didn't lose as much time as he would have had he run the full course. So uh, yeah, but- uh, again, I don't. I, I'm perfectly fine with the way it went down, and they talked about the drivers' meeting. But, uh, Gray, do you feel the same way, or did you have a difference of opinion? No, I, I, I agree with, with the call that any car made. He did not improve his position. And if you go by the, the writing of the rule, it doesn't say nothing about time. It says about improving your position. And obviously, he didn't improve his position because he dropped to the rear end of the field. So, yeah, I think. Uh, I think that that the right the the no call was the right call in that in that regard. I don't see where people had had anything because he dropped completely to the to the rear of the field and went and when he after the pit stop he was sixty some seconds over a minute behind. So yeah, but I mean you know he 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 drove he tore through the field. I mean it was a great drive and and, and just to echo what what uh, Joey said, yeah you know certain guys you can see they have that drive. Uh, you know, and like a Kyle Busch or Kevin Harvick, you know, that they, they get in that race car and they're going to give you every single ounce of what they have in that car. And, and Rossi certainly, certainly does that. And, uh, you know, the Indy car right now is in a good place. I just wish they had more races to uh, showcase, showcase what they've got during the course of the year. But, um, you know, it's, it's, 
it, like we said, you know, you got Rossi, you got Dixon, you got Will Power. Uh, Pagano had had what what I consider an off year, but you know he's still he's still a force to be reckoned with. New Garden, uh, gosh, and then some of the other guys, you know, Ryan Hunter Ray. So yeah, I mean it's um, it's the, the the future is now for for IndyCar. I just wish you know they can uh, gain some some traction and momentum with the fans and TV ratings, and I think maybe with uh, uh, NBC SN coming on last next year uh, to to I think they're going to have the whole season next year. Is that right, Joey? All the races ABC and uh, is getting totally away from it. Yeah, everything's going to, to NBC and NBC SN for the next few years. And, yeah, I uh, think they'll do a great job promoting it, and 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 I just you know like I said, I wish they would pick up a you know a few more races that uh, you know where their season would be. Um, um, just, you know, in, in the public eye a little bit more for the fans. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, um, I, I think that to, to Frank's point earlier is that, you know, this place is such a qualifying track, you know, talking about keeping it, maybe if they could have just had the straight up fight where, where he kept Rossi behind him and, and it was just for a lead lap battle, this, it would be interesting to see what Rossi could do. You know, as much as I agree with that, uh, Sonoma is also a qualifying track, and you could argue that with this situation that Rossi was in, he was behind the eight ball immediately. Um, obviously, he was already behind Dixon, but only two drivers in the entire race out of the whole 85 laps that were run at that place, uh, two drivers that were out, started outside the top ten and finished in the top ten. So, you know, eight eight of the top ten qualifiers finished in the top ten. Uh, it speaks volumes that Rossi was able to get back into that uh, situation, but you know, there therein lies the other end is that you know, the the pace was at the was at the tip of the sword there, and and because Dixon and, and Hunter Ray both ends up finishing you know second and first, and that's exactly where they started. So qualifying is so important there. But um, I think the other end of that to to talk about this with Gray is you, know, you talk about where IndyCar is and being in a good place. I think the part that's amazing about this entire season is that this was the first year now finished with the universal aero kit and we saw even more great racing than we had previously at at some places some people will say oh it was a little lackluster compared to what i got used to and that's fine but i think think, we could all i agree i think they could tweak it on the ovals a little bit but i think you're right that the the what we saw on the street and road courses was 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 really good yeah, the, the overall platform was, was great, and I think that it speaks volumes to the competitive nature that we still had for the 13th straight year. The ch- season came down, the championship came down to the final race of the season. So, um, Frank, I just saw that I, I kind of cut you off there. Sorry about that. Oh, that's uh, a, no, no, you're fine. No, no, good 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 points yeah so yeah, again like uh let's get back to the the television right so i just want to just bring this one up quickly because you know we talk about the whole thing is going to be an nbc next year nbc has a couple different platforms obviously they have nbc proper uh the network that i believe they're going to show five races next year including the indy 500 um then the, the remainder of them will be on nbc sn but occasionally nbc has shown races on cnbc and and with a later rebroadcast on NBCSN, and the interesting thing is the the times they've done that, the CNBC races, they actually have gotten better ratings because CNBC is actually in more households than NBCSN. Um, but which brings me to 
the little bit of uh, the little minor debacle that happened on Sunday with the overlap in the NASCAR race. Now, if, if you didn't see that coming, uh, you're foolish because I, I looked at the television. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Schedule and I and I knew exactly what was going to happen. You know, NASCAR races are prone to run long. They have overtime rules. You know, when they when they they get into overtime, they like to finish under green. Late late race red flags are not out of the question. You know, I I knew that was going to happen. Um, you know, and, and during the red flag, NBC cut away to show the start of the IndyCar race. They they sort of missed the start. Uh, they picked up a lap too, but they they replayed the the starting incident. And they kept with the race until the red flag was over. Um, then, when the when the um, when the um, NASCAR guys refired their cars, they switched back over to the NASCAR broadcast for the final laps of the race. Um, which, luckily, we didn't have another green-white checker. They were able to finish the race quickly there because Lowski took the win. Uh, so. My point is, we, we could have got a little more IndyCar in there, okay? Because when we went back to the NASCAR broadcast, we got to watch four warm-up laps under caution before the green flew. And we could have stuck with IndyCar until the lights went off in the pace car. That's just me, you know, three more minutes of IndyCar. And then after Brad took the checker flag, well, then we had to watch him do his burnouts, pick up the flag, do his victory lap, and then do his interview. We could have cut back to IndyCar. Um, right after the green flag flew, and then checked in later and, and picked up Brad's interview. You know, just just my two cents on yeah. uh, but, but, know, the but, but the red flag. Right, but they could have put that whole race on CNBC t- to begin with and avoid the conflict. Is my yeah. you know, my bigger question because you got you got a lot of uh, angry IndyCar fans about there, and me, I I wasn't necessarily angry because I I saw it coming, you know, as a lot of us yeah. did. So, but. Uh, Anyway, that's you know for, for that, that's my two cents on it. So, yep. Now, now, Richard, you had a point about television as well, and Seth. So, yeah. Rich, Richard, then Seth. Yeah, one thing I did notice, and I don't know how it affects the coverage, but um, NBCSN has this gold pass now that I know they're doing with a lot of the um, English Premier League soccer that they show on a Saturday morning. So, you know, it used to be every game was available. Now you get one game and then you can pay extra for the others. I hope they're not sort of going to start throwing that out there. Well, that'll be... Anybody, that was a banner, wasn't it, that was going across the coverage at some yeah, point well, what, the race. And I was a bit... Yeah, what I see happening with this, Richard, is all of the, the, um, the stuff that they stream on Facebook for free right now, 
the the practice yep. sessions and the qualifying that'll all be on NBC uh, Gold. Uh, so you'll okay. have you'll have to pay for that. So unfortunately, where we were you know kind of spoiled with getting a lot of that content for free on the Facebook page, uh, it'll all be and I don't know what that app costs. Uh, the uh, NBC it's about Gold. ten dollars. I think it's like ten dollars a month or something. From what I can well, the, ten, ten a month. Ten it, a month it, is a tiny bit high. You know what I mean? Yeah. If it was like twenty five dollars a year. It would be, you know, you know just because you're not watching full races. You're just looking at bonus yeah. coverage there. So, I don't know. Exactly. It's, again, more teething issue. So, now, Seth, you had a point on television also? Yeah. Uh, in situations like this in the past, what they've done is they've shown the entire IndyCar race on CNBC and then rebroadcast it later on in the day on NBCSN yeah, instead of scheduling Seth's, it live. Yeah, Seth, I'm that's, that's, what, I, that's what I said when I started the conversation. Oh. <laughs> Remember that? Moving on. <laughs> I'm just Seth. I'm sorry. I just gotta just gotta give you a hard time. So Joey, major announcement today at Yankee Stadium. One of the worst kept secrets. A lot of us knew this was uh, knew this was coming, but uh, we're asked to keep it quiet. So, but I'll let you spill the beans because now we don't have to keep it quiet. So, announcement today, Yankee Stadium. What announcement? What are you talking about? There's, there's not. No. Um, uh, they, they beat the Red Sox. Was that what? <laughs> Why are we talking about motorsports? And I baseball don't. I don't time? know. Um, um, so, so George Michael Steinbrenner the uh, fourth um, was a was a part team owner for um, Andretti Steinbrenner Racing and Indy Lights, and he uh, he he and Mike Harding from Harding Racing uh, got together and. and Today they they announced that they formed Harding Steinbrenner Racing into they're going to run a two car organization in the IndyCar series uh, starting next year, and as many would have thought, uh, the two drivers that were driving for Harding Racing this past weekend, Colton Herta and Patricio Ward, are, are going to be their two drivers beginning next year. So um, exciting news! We get another car on the grid, but we also get two really awesome kids, two really good talents who. For anybody that pays attention to Indy Lights, they really pushed each other this year to that championship. I mean, it was just hard fought and earned. Um, you know, Colton got the Freedom 100 win at Indianapolis, finished second in the championship. Pato, I think he ended up winning off the top of my head uh, without looking. I think it was nine races this year out of 17. Um, so just unreal, uh, the kind of championship that they put on. But uh, yeah, excited to see what they can do in IndyCar. Unfortunately, that means that. Once again, Gabby Chavez is, is finding a, a ride, but um, or, or maybe not you know, finding a ride, or, my, or yeah, maybe not yeah, finding so. a ride. But uh, for what it for what it means to Harding, uh, because they really needed uh, an injection of some sort to really jumpstart this organization um, to to get better. I think two cars is going to help them develop more, and I think that they've got two talented drivers there that can definitely carry that team and carry that torch for for years to come. And the other thing is uh, about Award, you know, even even though he has that Irish-sounding name, uh, you, you know, he's from Mexico, and we've been talking about this Mexico City race, and one of the things that will really help sell it is a solid star in the series um, who's from Mexico. You know, and, and we talked about, uh, you know, Gutierrez or, or or whatnot, but, I mean, Award has the, the makings of, of, you know, he's got star potential. You know, you know he's young enough, um, and I think that that would – would really help sell that race in Mexico City if we had a 
uh, you know, guy from Mexico there who was just out there in, in, a, in a top car uh, winning races, which is not out of uh, the realm of possibility that, uh, that Harding will be one of the top teams when you consider the influx of money we're getting from the Steinbrenners and the technical alliance uh, with Andretti. So, I mean, I mean, look what the kid did in Sonoma his first time in, a, in an IndyCar. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing here, though, also, I, I, and I wrote about this on IndyCar.com, is, is when I talked to him and I asked him about that, I said, you know, you're, I said, you're a Mexican-American, uh, you know, you were born in Mexico, you live in Texas. Interesting sounds. I don't know what that was. Um, but... Uh, you know, he's born in Mexico, lives in Amer- lives in Texas, um, and you know he's already got a Rolex 24 victory to his credit, a class victory and a prototype challenge class last year. Um, you know, he understands what it's like to lose a championship like Pro Mazda in 2016, and he's come out the other side of this whole whole situation to be an Indy Lights champion. He's 19 years old. He's got the moxie. He's got charisma. If you've ever sat down and talked with him or you see him, he's certainly not camera shy, and he's not afraid to give you a good quote. Um, and he's flat out said, I want to be the guy that takes IndyCar back to Mexico. Um, and I think that, you know, not only is he somebody that has that awareness, you know, he's down in Mexico pretty often during his bye weeks uh, for promotional work or media or this or that or the other. And he's always involved in that community. He's also involved up here in, the, in these communities, like here in Texas, uh, where I'm based. And so it's, it's good to see that a guy that has that kind of moxie and that kind of charisma, you know, yeah, he's fast, and, and I think that the fact is, is that he still is able to finish races and win races, and I think that's going to be important if we're going to take IndyCar back to Mexico um, for the future. Yeah, absolutely. And the other, the other, other thought on this team is, um, uh, you know, as, as good as uh, Paddle Award is, and, and Colton Herta certainly is is a young talent as well. I mean, that that kid is really good too. But you've got uh, you've got a team with uh, with a relatively new owner. Um, youngest owner in IndyCar, by the way. Uh, so we've got two rookie drivers, and we don't have a veteran uh, in the cockpit there. I, I, you know that that certainly can hurt a team. I and mean, we've seen um, things. And what comes to mind is uh, Ganassi putting Bruno Junquera and Nick Manassian in the car uh, in 2001, and having a really rough go of the first half of the season without a veteran there. Uh, with the input on the setup, so um, what, what's, what's your what's your feeling with the with these these two young guys and and what struggles that it may cause with the team? Well, I'll go further back than that. the The thought that I immediately get when I hear Steinbrunner um, and his age, and and this is kind of people might blow this out of proportion, but I immediately think of Roger Penske in some ways because I think about way back in the day. You know, Penske, you sit down and you talk with him, and he'll tell you, you know, we showed up, a couple of young guys, crew cuts. Um, you know, a lot of people probably didn't know what in the hell we were doing. And they started to put things together, and before you know it, they started building up an organization that started to tackle everything and win and everything. And I, I feel like in some ways, given his age and, and obviously youth being on his side, I kind of feel that way about George Michael. Um that said, as far as these drivers go, um, <clears throat> I feel like Pato, because he's driven a heavier car from IMSA last year, I feel like he's got his ability to adapt might be a little bit quicker. Um, but I feel like you know where his is where he drives a car more physical and throws it around, it's 
still manages to take care of equipment and his adaptability is there. I feel like you're also getting somebody who mechanically is sound and, and drives aggressive in his own right, but kind of has a more methodical approach about him, and I feel like that's what you're getting with Colton. Uh, both know how to get to the front. They just have different techniques in getting there. Uh, I feel like maybe we're going to see each one kind of, you know, one one race Pato will, will do really well, another race Colton will do really well, and I expect that back and forth to continue for a better part of next year. But I feel like by the end of the year, we're going to start to see them. I don't want to say top 10 because this field is so competitive, but I'll say, you know, top 12, top 15 consistently uh, because we're looking at potentially having 25 cars in the, in the grid next year. So uh, and, po- uh, and possibly I, more. You know, I, I yeah. my, my, my understanding is that uh, Delara is um, taking several more orders for chassis. So because we're looking at uh, uh, Ricardo Yukos wants to expand to two cars. Um, yep. And, and run them full-time. He just had the one car this year and ran the one car in various races. Harding is going to two cars. Um, th- there's talk of a third Ray Hall car. I mean, there's always talk of a third Ray Hall car. Um, and then, then, of course, there's talk of the Alonzo entry, which uh, we'll probably hear about uh, sometime around the U.S. Grand Prix would be my do thought. Uh, do you think, I don't mean to cut you off here, but do you think a Ray Hall third entry would be a good idea right now? Uh, you know, Ray Hall's always kind of been an up and down team um they've been pretty the last couple years they've been pretty consistent when they're running the one car with graham they managed to win a few races every year Uh, this year they they struggled a little bit i mean outside of uh sato taking the win um in portland uh, they were nowhere a lot so i I don't know if a a third car will be beneficial or not uh but if that third car comes with uh, you know a significant amount of backing um you know more money never hurts a team i'll just put it that way so we'll we'll, oh, we'll, we'll just have to see i'm surprised that they weren't more on the mark this year um when they were pretty darn good during the during the uh, honda arrow kit era they were the best honda week in and week out while it was the andretti guys that were struggling yeah, i mean i think the combination of the new car certainly was something that they had to learn to adapt to. And you need two cars to try to get more research and development to, to get good, right? Because you got Andretti with four cars. you got all these other teams and organizations with multiple cars. But I almost wonder, you know, in some ways less is more, right? And I think in this situation, Sato is incredible with his drivability and so is Graham. But I feel like maybe they were spread a little bit thin on the engineering or mechanical side of things. Um, the talents are there behind the wheel, but, you know, part of that, you, you need a little bit of that injection or a little bit of that boost to kind of go back to it on the mechanical side of things. Um, and I feel like if they went to three cars, if they could get the injection of money to help build up that staff even more, then hell yeah, it makes a lot of sense. But I think that if that's something that's not necessarily feasible, then I think maybe moving to a partnership is something that makes a little bit more sense at the moment, in my opinion. Yeah, we'll have to see how that plays out. Again, it's a long off season. You know, some of the some of the news. Uh, Penske's uh, entire driver lineup is expected to return. Um, Andretti's entire dr- driver's lineup is expected to return. Ray Hall is going to stay static. Sebastian Bourdais will be returning at um, Dale Coin Racing. Um, we know that Ed Carpenter and Spencer Piggott will be back. Uh, uh, remains to be seen if we'll still see Jordan King. Uh, the road course car, though, it is my understanding that uh, Ed Carpenter would really much like to keep him. Um, and then uh, Ganassi, obviously, Dixon, 
has uh, signed his comp you know contract for uh, a few more years uh, with Chip after exploring options with uh, you know McLaren and Penske and every every other rumor you want to believe. But um, so the number ten car over there at uh, Ganassi now, you know Ganassi hasn't had a solid one-two punch um, since Dario left the team. You know we had. Um, TK in there, and TK just for whatever reason, I, I think one, one victory over the four years he was there, maybe two. Um, and then Ed Jones had a kind of an up and down season this year. Uh, never did um, crack victory lane there, but uh, the guy there that we keep hearing about, and you know this is not a lock, is Felix Rosenquist, uh, who's running Formula E right now. So are, are the Joey are the, are the Rosenquist rumors getting stronger? Or are they getting weaker? And and if if Felix doesn't uh, make the jump over to IndyCar, who else do you see in that uh, seat? Maybe I, it's kind of funny. Like we talked about stretching your resources too thin, and we moved to a Ganassi subject uh, who was a four car team at one point and couldn't win with anybody but Dixon on a regular basis. Um, I, I feel like th- this the situation with the ten car is really in flux. Um, if Felix Rosenquist has tested with Ganassi a couple of times and tested really well, like we're talking, went to mid-Ohio, one of probably arguably Dixon's best track, and was within a tenth or two of Dixon's time instantly. So uh, when we're talking about a talent, we're talking about an elite talent who uh, maybe Richard could agree to this to some level, you know, should be in a, in a decent seat in F1. I don't know about a Mercedes or Ferrari level seat, but certainly an upper mid-tier because he's just got incredible talent. Um, and unfortunately, there's it's that's the way it goes, right? There's so much talent, not enough seats. But um, from what I understand, the situation's really in flux. It's about the same as we heard a month and a half, two months ago. Um, I think the curious thing here is, is what happens with Ed Jones, right? Because he certainly didn't hurt himself this year. He ran pretty solidly, collected a few good runs, and you're asking a guy to pick up a move from a Dale Coyne Racing, and that was under the old arrow kit, and he has to learn a new arrow kit with a new team in his first year. Um, I kind of wish there that this thing plays out to where we see Felix and we see Ed Jones next year. Um, I don't know if that's going to necessarily be the case, but certainly I think that Ed would – would not hinder himself with another year um, with whether it's with Ganassi or somebody else. But at some point you've got to have some consistency and some stability. And I feel like for Ganassi's situation, stability certainly wouldn't hurt them whenever we're talking about a second team. Um, that said, Felix Rosenquist would be really fun to have in the series as well. Yes, he would. Well, we don't want to take up the whole show with IndyCar, although we could. Um but uh, we'll have to say goodbye to IndyCar for now, and goodbye to IndyCar till 2019. And uh, that's uh, you know through the off season, we'll revisit with uh, rumors and whatnot. But uh, uh, you know, another season in the books. Um, I guess we can't make any picks for next week, huh? So, but uh, let's let's talk about the NASCAR race then. So, um, and Joey just really quick says the possibility that the Bourdais Jones lineup could be rekindled at. Dale Coyne, um, and yes, it certainly could, yeah, because that uh, coin seat is is up for grabs. Um, although I think that Fit, Petra Fittipaldi has a pretty good inside line on it, um, at least on a part-time basis. So, but but uh, and again, rumors of a third coin car um, are out there floating around. So, but anyway, we need to turn our attention to uh, 
the NASCAR Cup Series, who uh, started their playoff this week. Um, Gray, um, three in a row for Brad Keselowski. Um, talk about peaking at the right time, huh? Well, I mean, what were your thoughts on this Vegas race? Yeah, you know, and and he ha- he has come come around these last three races, but I tell you, he's been kind of opportunistic in in all three. He he has not been the dominant car in in any of the three, but has just parlayed good pit work and 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 really good luck into being in the right spot at the right time and able to capitalize on his opportunity and win these races. He did at Darlington. Uh, he did the following week at Indy. Uh, restarts and things, and he just kind of parlayed luck. He had he ended up with the freshest tires there uh, a- after the last restart, and then of course at uh, at uh, this weekend at uh, at Las Vegas, he had to kind of work a little bit harder for it because he had to withstand a couple of restarts there, but was able to keep his car out front and 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 get the win. And I said last week after uh, after we talked about his second win in a row that. You know he's he's positioned himself to be one of those final four at the end of the uh, end of the uh, season when they go to Miami and might be able to pull this thing off. And like he's like we talked about, and just like any 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 stick and ball sports, when you come to a postseason tournament, it's the team that gets hot and is able to produce that that can ultimately win the championship. And I think he's positioned himself really well right now. He's already. Uh, pass through to the to the next round so he can kind of work on his stuff and, and get ready for for the next round yeah now some of the other guys had some some trouble there now seth uh, kevin harvick last place finish right or next to last next to last as well as um eric jones down there near the bottom of the order as well kyle bush ran into trouble kurt bush ran into trouble um it- in total nine of the 16 playoff drivers had some sort of issue yeah, and Kyle Busch was able to re- rebound from his trouble and ended up getting a good solid top ten. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, uh, guys. All kind. Of, I guess everybody's phone's going off in North Carolina. Some kind of alert, but uh, yeah. Anybody seen to, a uh, blue a 1990 blue Ford F250 in Asheville, <laughs> North Carolina? <laughs> but. But, you know, Kyle Busch was able to rebound from his bad luck and get a good, solid top ten. And speaking of Harvick, Harvick had accumulated enough uh, uh, of the bonus points where that really was his mulligan. Uh, but he's used, uh, he's used that up, uh, the bonus points he had for uh, the playoff points, rather, that's going to keep him in, in, in good stead even with that 39th place finish. But but there went his cushion. So well, uh, he- it did uh, take part of his cushion. However, uh, he's still 36 or so points up over the cutoff. So right. he still has about half a race to a full race, give or take. Yeah, yeah I mean, Harvick, Harvick's worst-case scenario would involve all the guys in the, the middle to the bottom of the chase order winning races and grabbing spots. And and that's uh, so it make it harder for him to glide through on points. But because there's only... Uh, you eliminate four guys every three races. I, I think Harvick and Kyle Busch are relatively safe to go all the way through the final round on points, uh, uh, unless, well, like I say, all these, all the the, the middle, the, the middle and the bottom guys. You know, if you start well, getting I guess Chase Elliott win a race and Eric Jones win yeah. another one, and so I guess my yeah. point will make, and it really, it and you know, 
Harvick would like to have kept those points in the bank rather than have to use them, you know, for this. But I mean, you know, oh, no that's doubt. a good thing. Yeah. He's, he, he's got them, but uh, yeah, he, he'll be able to help him help him advance. But yeah, he would, didn't want to use. I'm sure he didn't want to use them, you know. But yeah, Kyle Busch is still sitting pretty because he was. It looked at one time where he was going to have a a very poor finish when he was able to rebound and and finish. I think what was it seventh Seth. I think he got seventh place. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, he he didn't. He was able to uh, kind of get away without a lot of damage to his his title hopes. Now uh, going forward. Now uh, something else I do want to mention uh, of the drivers that ran into trouble. Uh, Chase Elliott was one of them when Jamie McMurray cut a tire and whipped around in front of him. Uh, in the, the interview outside the media, outside the infield care center, Chase said that he heard his shoulder pop, and trying to take the belts off, he popped it back into place. So that almost sounded like he dislocated his shoulder and popped it back into place. Again, yeah. I'm I'm not a medical expert, but it's very it's not common that you see injuries. Of, regardless whether it's a dislocated shoulder or a serious in, or a more serious injury in NASCAR today. But that just caught me a little by surprise. And Brad Keselowski uh, winning, that was Team Penske's 500th victory uh, across all forms of motorsports. Yeah, that's quite impressive. It really is. But to go yeah, and, and I don't know, yeah, I don't know. All them, all those Team Penske guys were, were hoping to be the one, you know. Yeah, uh, you know, it was like Will Powers hoping to be the one to give it to him. So was Joey Logano. You know, so was uh, uh you know, either the guys driving the Acuras, LA and whatnot. But but it was Brad, and they they busted those five hundred hats out. Um, good looking hat. I hope those are uh, those are for sale somewhere. I might get me one. <laughs> but you know, going back to to Chase's injury, yeah, you, it was a little bit surprising. Uh, in that in that accident, you just you don't know whether he he uh got caught up in the belts or, or what. We'll, we'll probably get a little more information about that. I'm sure someone will ask him about it as we get close at Richmond or at the at the uh, news conferences prior, prior to Richmond. But, you know, it's not an uncommon injury in, in, in football. You see guys, you know, I've seen guys pop the shoulder out and pop it, take a tennis ball and stick it under their arm and pop the shoulder right back in place and go back in the game. So, um but it is unusual in, in motorsports to see that, so we'll have to kind of watch and, and listen for some stories on that as we go into Richmond weekend. And one more story that I do want to talk about real quick. Uh, speaking of drivers that haven't taken advantage of opportunities, Ross Chastain, uh, he's ran his second race for Ganassi in the Xfinity Series. He runs full-time for JD Motorsports, uh, dominated the race, won both stages won the race. He made the playoffs. Uh, he now has nine playoff points, which is more than about half of the playoff grid in the Xfinity Series. He's running the Richmond race for Ganassi in the Xfinity Series. Uh, he's not getting paid by Ganassi. He's running for free, and he has yet to actually meet Chip Ganassi. Hmm. Hmm. That's interesting. I, I've met I've met Chip Ganassi. He's not missing out on much. <laughs> but, uh, I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. So, <laughs> but anyway, but, I, speaking of so so Seth, um, 
Is it now? Isn't Chastain the one that had the the contract dispute with Ganassi, or or am I mixing them? That was Brendan Poole. Okay, I'm okay. All right, all right. So that that makes a little more sense. So, but um, speaking of uh, drivers and switching in, there's some driver movement, uh, Gray. That's uh, hitting you close to home there with the announcement that you guys will not be uh, employing the services of a certain Mr. Ryan Newman next year. So, uh, uh, what's going on there? What do you know? What can you tell? Well, it came out Saturday morning that uh, Ryan released a statement via Twitter that he would not return to the number 31 Caterpillar uh, Chevrolet uh, for the 2019 season. Uh, It had been already been, from what we can gather, uh, this was kind of the timing of this was was a little curious that it kind of caught everybody kind of off guard. But it tells me that uh, Ryan had already had uh, something lined up for for 2019 and was able to make that announcement. Um, from what I understand uh, in a statement from uh, from Richard Childress is that they released him from his contract uh, last month. It wasn't it wasn't made public, but I'm sure that there been uh, there have been ongoing uh, negotiations to re-sign him for next year and probably uh it just came to a point where it wasn't going to happen uh he 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 did not agree to terms with uh with rcr and decided to go another route and decided at that time to make to make the announcement so uh he's gone speculation has them has him going to the sixth car at at, uh roush fenway for next year of course we probably won't have an announcement on that for for a while there but you know we're coming up on charlotte uh the week after richmond and typically charlotte week has when everybody's back home in the charlotte area charlotte has always been the been a, been a time when people have made major announcements so we can see if anything comes up uh next week and i'm sure seth will be there covering that force uh, uh week after ne- uh, next week so um but yeah, it's it's a little bit surprising, but uh, just adds one more one more domino to fall in this silly season. So now we've got the thirty one car, the forty one car, the uh, the one, uh, the nineteen, the ninety five uh, cars open, and uh, of course you know there's speculation about who's going going where what, but there's been nothing uh, nothing permanently. Uh, said on on anything or any anything concrete so we'll have to see what happens but i believe i, I believe that's all the cars right now seth the, the, uh, the, you also have the six yeah the six right the six the 95 the one the 41 the 31 the 19 and the 95 right and those are all the ones that are officially announced there's still uh talk that the 47 might be in play yeah and, that's true and possibly one or two others yeah so, yeah, there, yeah, there's a couple of puzzle pieces we can put together, but there, but this is this is the wildest uh, silly season we've had in Cup in a couple of years. Don't you agree? Yeah, it's most uh, movement. I'm gonna say yeah, there's been a lot of these. You know, last couple of years we had you know several uh, retirements of some of the top guys, but they they had successors ready to go. So uh, I mean, other than the fact that that Truex is probably a lock for that Gibbs seat, all these others are up in the air. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, they say that, that Truex and Cole Pern will go and occupy the 19, uh, and that uh, Suarez will end up in the 95 with with full Toyota uh, support as an alliance team uh, 
of, of Joe Gibbs. Uh, but there again, you know, other rumors have Kurt Busch going to the one, uh, one rumor, and, and, and like I said, it's, it's, it's total speculation rumor, has Daniel Hemrick go, maybe stepping up and going into the 31, but like I said, that's, that's just rumor mill stuff. Um, really don't know what Jamie McMurray is going to do. Uh, like I said, I alluded to uh, Ryan Newman going to the six. Uh, the 41, there's no – hadn't really been much going on there as far as the rumor rumors uh, there. So uh, we'll just kind of have to wait and see. And, of course, like like Seth said, there, there was rumors at one time that this would be um, – uh, that uh, uh, Almendinger would be leaving the 47s. But, but that, that rumor hasn't uh, – hadn't seen that again in a while. So I don't know uh, – where that's headed, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been an act. oh, and Trevor Bain, yeah, Trevor Bain leaving the six, and uh, he will not be back next year, so we don't know where he'll end up. Uh, and uh, and just to throw another wrench into all this, uh, Ross Chastain winning Vegas. Uh, Chip Ganassi said on SiriusXM NASCAR today, uh, he actually said that both he and at least two other owners are talking to Chastain about uh, possible rides for him, whether it's the Xfinity Series or Cup Series, mm-hmm. that's up to debate. But he pretty much changed the course of his career with that win, and he could even be in play for some of those rides. Yeah, and, I, and, and two, I really thought about this this morning, and I don't know what 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 Allgaier's uh, plans are for next year, or what, whether he he plans on returning to junior motorsports for another year in, in that, but Allgaier would be a, would be a very uh, enticing prospect for uh, – for any of those rides, he's got Cup equity. He's been there before, and and, he, and he's run very well in the Xfinity Series this year. Oh. And in fact, he's probably hit a lot along with Christopher Christopher Bell, one of the favorites to win the championship. Well, my understanding for Allgaier is that he doesn't have a desire to return to the Cup Series. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've read that too. Yeah. So, but uh, fellas, uh, let's um. Let's move on to uh, just preview um, Richmond real quick because I want to I want to have some time to talk about uh, Singapore and Formula One. So we're heading to Richmond. Um, one of the the more exciting things is uh, Dale Junior is going to run the Xfinity race. Um, it's it's not it's not because he missed the car. It was evidently a prearranged thing with his sponsor Hellman's that was set up a couple of years ago uh, that he'd be driving the car. But uh, we'll get to see Junior back in a car um, in the Xfinity race and then. And Joey says it'll be the most watched Xfinity race of the year. And Joey, you're absolutely well, right. But well, uh, but let's talk about the Cup race and let's let's try to see who who's the next guy that's gonna gonna win a race and punch a ticket. Well, Seth, I'm here. I'm here. You can make uh, your, well, but you can make your comment first, and then you have to make a pick. What I was gonna say is some of the drivers that ran well earlier in the year at Richmond, uh, Denny Hamlin. You have Chase Elliott. You have a number of different people who could break through. Whether or not they do because of the big three or big four, however you want to worry with with Keselowski, I think you have to go with one of them. So my pick is going to be Kyle Busch. Okay, good pick. Uh, Richard? Uh, Mine would have been the same, but I'm going to go for Kevin Harvick. All right, and Joey? Well, we're we're stealing each other's picks before we can make them. Um, Then... Richard, Richard took my pick. Um, well, you can go ahead and take Grace. You go ahead and take Grace then. I, honestly, I, I honest with the way everything's kind of looking, I feel like uh, Kurt Busch and Rich 
Chapman just kind of got a thing going on. So sounds, I'll say that. Sounds good, Joey Gray. Well, race two of the of the playoffs, and a lot of guys are behind the eight ball, and they're really going to have to go. I think I think we're going. I think we're looking at, at possibly one of the more competitive races of the season Saturday night at Richmond, with a lot of guys trying to make up ground and position, you know, recover from uh, from a from a bad race at, at uh, Las Vegas. Uh, you know, you normally would think you'd have to go with some of the the top. Uh, the big three, but I'm thinking that uh, some we're going to see a see a different winner there. Uh, I, I I tell you, um, I think Keselowski. He's always run good there at uh, and Logano have always run. The Penske cars have run good at Richmond. Uh, they're on a roll there. They got a lot of confidence, and and I think maybe we could see possibly uh, someone from Team Penske get the get the win there. Uh, but I'm going to say I tell you what hadn't been done in a long time. I'm going to say um. Uh, we get a new Mr. September, and it's going to be Keselowski. All right, and um, I, you know, I was I was thinking along those lines of Team Penske that all those wins that Brad that Brad took, Joey actually wasn't far behind, and uh, Joey's got I, I believe three Richmond wins on his resume already. So I'm going to take Joey Logano and Seth. You said you have two more little points about Richmond before we move on to uh, Richard's Formula One report. Yes, uh, we have two drivers making their NASCAR oval debuts, at least in the U.S. Uh, you have Catherine Legg in the Xfinity Series, and in the Cup Series you have Alonde, who won the Euro Series Championship last year. How many entries for Richmond in the Cup? 40. Race? 40, okay, so he's a guaranteed, guaranteed a spot. And in the Xfinity Series there's 41, but Catherine Legg is running a car that is in on points. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, That'd be interesting it, to watch. It, interesting to see Catherine Leg. Uh, it's her cup. I mean, she's got some oval experience. You know, she's uh, she's run the Indy Five Hundred. So, but um, I, I thought she held her own pretty well. Uh, what, was it Road America? Road America or, or was it, or was it Mid Ohio? Yeah, she was at both those races. So, all right. So Richmond coming up Saturday night race under the lights. Uh, speaking of racing under the lights, Formula One was in Singapore. This past weekend, it was on the middle of the nights for us in the States. But, Richard, for you, who lives on European time, it wasn't that late. So That was a smooth link there. I like that. It one, wasn't it? it? That was good, huh? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, you've been, saving, you've been waiting a year for that one. A year, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the race was, what, 8 o'clock? Uh, Eastern time on uh, on Sunday, so it wasn't too bad. No, it wasn't too bad. Um, and for us, in, insomniacs in the world, it was uh, it was perfect. But no, it was. I mean, the story of the weekend was Saturday, uh, bar bar none. Um, as much as Lewis Hamilton defies opinions within Formula One fan base, he's you know he's a bit like a Kozlowski of the Formula One world, isn't he? You you love him or hate him. Uh, the lap that he pulled out in the um, on his first run in uh, Q3 on Saturday it was just mind-blowing. Uh, it's I'm not going to say it, some people have had, but it was almost Senna-esque, going back to Monaco in the late 80s, uh, in the way that he destroyed the field. Nobody could get close to that lap. I mean, they might as well all just packed up and gone home at that point and saved a set of tyres. It was it was phenomenal. And, and since then... Uh, you were, every, everybody was behind the eight ball there and there was nothing they could do on a circuit like that where Hamilton is smart enough to be able to manage a race and manage his tyres 
there was nothing that the Ferraris could do. The Ferraris tried to go off strategy and actually made it worse for themselves. Maybe trying to back uh, Mercedes into a corner and for them to make a mistake, but it uh, it certainly didn't work. And it just became a bit of a procession during the race. Um, I think the biggest thing that came out of the actual race um, after Hamilton's win was was Perez, Sergio Perez in the uh, the Force India or Point Racing Force India, or whatever they're called now, uh, just having brain fade twice in uh, twice in two hours. Um, on lap one, he decided that uh, he should drive his uh, his teammate into the wall, which was uh, I'd, I'd give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. It was a racing incident to my mind. The um, but then the second incident was was by far the worst. Uh, he, he'd got off strategy um, compared to some of the cars behind him and was being held up by Sergei Sorokin for numerous laps. Uh, he was complaining on the radio to Charlie Whiting that he should be let through. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's for position here. It's not um, you know it's not a blue flag. It wasn't a you know a lapped uh, lap guy. He, he has to pass him on his own right, and uh, there was. He just couldn't get by. And Singapore's a difficult place, especially when, you know, both the uh, Force Injury and the, and the Williams were running with, uh, you know, the same engines that had the same power output. And at, at one point, Perez sort of got past Sorokin and then going into the next complex of corners, Sorokin actually pushed his way back through again. And uh, I think that caught Perez out a little bit. And then in the little short shoot where, uh, going back all those years, Nelson Piquet Jr. deliberately crashed, um, Perez sort of just sideswiped Sorokin. And, I mean, they were lucky that, in a way, they were both able uh, to carry on. But, um, you know, there's no penalty to Perez for, uh, you know, major penalty. I think he got a drive-through or um, drive-through penalty for that. But in, in reality, it was a slap on the wrist. And then you have uh, the race director turning around and saying, uh, oh, I can't imagine that Sergio would have done that deliberately. Well, <laughs> you may not have imagined it, but it looked like he did. <laughs> yeah, so, the rest and- of the other million people to watch Formula One. Exactly. Yeah. So I think Charlie Whiting was a little bit naive to that one, unfortunately. Um, but, uh, yeah, that how, was Sergio's greatest hour. How, how much of that situation, just to pick your brain here on this, do you think plays into account the the silly season with what's going to happen with that second seat? I mean, because we all know that Lance Stroll's going to get one of those seats, right? And so yeah. does... Does Perez, the man that saved the team from administration, or put you know did the whole administration situation? Um, does is he still? How do I say this? Is he looking over his shoulders, wondering, "Oh my goodness, Ocon and Mercedes, and I've got to challenge that." So you know, either the heat's on because it just it for whatever reason, at least one or two races out of the year, Perez is is due for a brain fart. I mean, there's no other way to say it, and. I feel I, Marcus Erickson right now races more within himself than Sergio Perez, and I'm wondering sure. if this has to do with something with the pressure for that second seat, uh, because uh, we've seen, I mean, Perez has the better overall finish between them and, and Azerbaijan, but when it comes to support uh, with Mercedes, who also supplies those engines, it makes you wonder if maybe the the situation shouldn't shift to where this team is really looking at Ocon and Perez was out there trying to make a statement and maybe push too hard. Well, I think there's, there's two things here, really. I think, firstly, with, with the whole, um, you know, way the way everything played out, um, you know, around the Hungarian race and over the clo- over the uh, the winter uh, the summer break, it wouldn't surprise me if 
part of the deal, you know, Perez said, hey, look, I'm going to be the catalyst here which sorts this all out and brings the new ownership on board if you sign me up for next year, potentially. I think, I think those two go hand in hand. Um, but then the also thing, you know, you've got to look at Perez's career long term. He was, there was talk about him potentially going back to McLaren um, to, in, to, to replace Alonso. Um, and you're sort of starting to wonder about Perez. Is he another Grosjean, Hulkenberg? Uh, you know, guys like that who, who no doubt are, are fantastic drivers. I mean, are world, world-class drivers, but, you know, they're just not at the, the pinnacle of the sport like some of these guys are. And, you know, maybe their, their time in a top drive... I mean, Perez obviously had his opportunity in McLaren those years ago, but maybe his his opportunity in a top car has just sort of passed him by a little bit and more due to circumstance and ability. And he's... That's bound to boil over in frustration at some point. And I, I, I think that... Uh, I think this is a prime example, but um, when you compare, to my mind, back in, you know, when when um, Grosjean had his penalty, was it 2010-11, um, in, in Spa, you know, one race ban, what Perez did was far more deliberate and far more, not necessarily dangerous, but uh, far more avoidable than uh, than some of the other times you've seen one race ban. So I think the guy's very lucky there. Yeah, and he's got super license points that get, oh get boo hoo so you know. you know. <laughs> has anybody ever been banned on the super license yet point system? Uh, Not close. You'd like to think Verstappen super close. Uh, well, no, he's been pretty good lately because he's on a twelve-month rolling thing. So yeah, those it, early, earlier uh, infractions drop off. So so Richard, where yeah. where are we off to next? Uh, I believe we're off to Sochi. Yeah, Sochi in uh, in Russia. In Russa, yeah, at the end of the month. And so we've got another week off. Yeah, so it's it's the last weekend of September there. So I think it's the same weekend as the Roval. Okay, yeah, that, that'll yeah, be interesting. Be, yeah, so. Same weekend as the Roval. All right, so, guys, we, we are just about out of time, but I, I would be remiss if I did not mention this one uh, tidbit from this past weekend that we got to see a video message from Robert Wickens uh, from his uh, from Indiana University there. Um, I mean, he's... Uh, in good spirits, it's obviously he's in bad shape. He's uh, bandaged up pretty good. Got a lot of you know, um, got a lot of devices on his arms, on his chest there. But uh, hey, he wanted to um, thank all the fans for his support. So if you haven't had a chance to hop on um, on Twitter and have have a look at that, or hop on Facebook and have a look at that, uh, great message from Robert Wickens, uh, wishing the series well at the end of the year and thanking the fans for their support. And we are all uh, hoping. And praying for a speedy recovery, and and look forward to seeing him back in a car sometime in the future. But um, with that being said, we are out of time tonight. So I want to thank the Hoobazoo Radio Network. Uh, thank you, folks that listen in. Uh, I want to thank iHeartRadio. I want to thank you, Seth, Joey, Gray, and Richard. Uh, appreciate talking to you guys every week. And um, with that being said, uh, we'll talk to you next week. Good night. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 